So, I told you yesterday on social media, Facebook, that uh, you were going to meet a good friend of mine today. And here's the thing. You probably already did. And the worship time that we had already, you felt his presence. You felt him in this place. Um, you felt him change things a little bit. You felt him rearrange some things. You felt him really make a difference in your life in just that small moment. He's the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of times when we think about the person of the Holy Spirit, we get a little spooked out, right? Does anybody, are you with me on this or is it just me by myself? Um, a lot of times we get freaked out because, you know, the King James uh, would call him the Holy Ghost. Have you ever heard that before? How many of you guys are afraid of ghosts? Don't worry, they're not real. Yeah, not anymore, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay, you don't have to fear ghosts, okay? Uh, here's the thing. Um, because he's in you, you don't have to fear them kind of thing, right? But I know growing up, hearing these, ter these terms and this terminology pertaining to the person of the Holy Spirit, I was freaked out. I was freaked out, and I wanted nothing to do with him, okay? I wanted nothing to do with this experience or any of these kinds of things whatsoever because the, even the terminology in and of itself freaked me out. But then as I became a pastor and got older a little bit, I began to study who he is. Not who he was, but who he is. And some terms and some things came, came to, 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 to uh, really fruition here in my life. And I wanted to share some of these things with you so you can understand who he is. And then a little bit later, I'm going to tell you who he is to me, okay? Just a little bit of background so that you understand where we're coming from. You heard, even in our worship time, uh, this understanding of a, a fresh wind and, and breathe or breath that flows into your life. And it's in his name. The breath of God is in his name. And that's what we receive when we're with him. We receive a, an opportunity to breathe clean, to breathe again, to redo life in and of itself. But there's some things that I want you to understand about him um, and, and how he plays into the triune God. And you may have heard that term before. The Trinity, the term in and of itself is not mentioned in the Bible, but you see them mentioned in the Bible in many different ways. So here's some, some aspects of who he is. He's, he's all-powerful, and there's a word for that, omnipotent. He's all-powerful. You see it in Luke 1, 35, where the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He's all-powerful, uh, so the Holy One to, will be born and called the Son of God. You also see that he's in all places at once, which is pretty unique. How many of you guys like superhero movies and stuff like that? Right, like Flash Gordon kind of thing. Where do you ever picture this when you when you read the Bible? Do you do you get things like this coming? I do. All right, he's like Superman. Something's happening. All there kind of thing. Right, he's everywhere. But he's even better than that. Okay, all places at once. Psalm one thirty nine says this, verse seven. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He's all knowing. First Corinthians two nine and ten. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. How, how many of your moms were like that growing up? Anybody have a mom like that? Right? My mom was oblivious. She's not here today. and I don't know if she'll listen to the podcast. Hopefully I won't get in trouble after this. But when we were growing up, okay, I was just telling her last week, hey, mom, do you remember that, that track that was down the road from the house that we used to go down to and jump off? The, you did what? You jumped off a bridge? I'm like, yeah, it was fun. And then we'd go play war with real BB guns. It was great. You did what? Kind of thing. I made it, mama. And you guys were thinking, well, part of you did, okay? Um, but I thought mom knew it all, right? She didn't know much when it came to what we were doing. But most moms, you know, are pretty good with that, right? There were times I'd come in and she, she could just give me the look. You know the look? Do you, anybody know the look? If you're married, you know the look, okay? Um, guys, 
But she, I see that hand, brother. God bless you. Just fill out the back of your Connect card under prayer, and um, we'll be more than happy to intercede on your behalf this week. Um, but the look, right? I know all about the look, right? Um, just that all-knowing. But the Holy Spirit, He knows way more. And then you'll hear more about this in just a moment when I share about my friend and my relationship with him. He's eternal, Hebrews 9, 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who uh, through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our, our, um, our, from the acts of life, excuse me, from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. He may clean us, he's eternal, he's, he's equal. And you, you hear about that, Ananias, uh, from Acts 5, 3 through 4. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept yourself um, some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after that it was sold. Wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. He's equal. He's a triune God on all parts, and he sees it all at all times. And you think about him and how he was from the beginning of time he was there. Uh, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning... God, and the word there is Elohim, and it's created the heaven and earth. It's, it's this understanding the plurality of God from the beginning of time. And you think about even creation, when he was creating us in his image, and, and there was the triune God there, and you see that even in the beginning of time. There's so many scriptures, not, not enough time to go through all the scriptures today. And what I'd like to do, though, is if you want to receive the, the full printout of this, let me know. I'll be more than happy to email it to you. But there's so many references of this triune God and how he's intricately involved with our lives in every aspect of it. Luke 3, 21 through 22, um, you see it there. Uh, you are my son whom I love, whom I... Who, with you, I am well pleased. You see this, this triune God, God speaking to the Son through the Holy Spirit. Mar, uh, Matthew three sixteen through 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. You see this continuity between the Gospels out of the water. In that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove uh, and, lighting on, and lighting on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You see it again in Mark. You see that the triune God is everywhere, and you see the continuity between all of the Gospels as well. Deuteronomy 6, 4, again, back in the Old Testament, demonstrates the God of Israel served as one Godhead made of plurality of entities. And that's, again, the triune God. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Jehovah, right? Or God, Elohim. That's that, that multiple, more than one God there. He's everywhere, he's all together, and he's here today as well. I think it's hard for us sometimes to realize that. Again, because when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about this, this person that's not here, that this ghost, this figure that's not present in our lives, but we see and understand through the life of Jesus when he says, look, I'm going to be sending you someone that's going to help you, that's going to walk with you, that's going to go alongside you. And that's the terminology even there, the, the term parakletos, one who comes alongside, one who walks with you, and journeys through life together. There's a couple principles that I want you to think about when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. A couple things that I think are important. Um, he's a person and not a force, right? Do you ever picture like a Luke Skywalker and all these guys kind of thing? I think there's a new one coming out, right? Did you see that? Uh, the, the, the force will be with, and you picture like this invisible kind of thing, you know, where you, all of a sudden you're powered up and then you know who your father is all of a sudden kind of thing, right? And it's like, how does that work out? Luke, no, okay? But you, you picture him as this like, oh, 
not ominous character floating in earth. No, he is a person. These are the qualities and the things we need to understand about the principles of who he is. Also, um, that he, he gives gifts to us to use in ministry and empower us effectively. That he uses gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12 to help us to, to carry out ministry in life. The holy person is a distinct person within the Godhead, not a force or an it. That's, what hard, that's what's hard for us to understand. I didn't even realize this really until probably 10 years ago. I used to think of him as an it and not a him. Did you ever find yourself doing that? Where you talk about it. Well, it moved today. The spirit was mm, thick in there. It was amazing. It? it? Anybody else? You've heard that growing up? Okay. It, it, it. No, him. I told you I wanted to introduce you to my friend. This person that's been with me, and you'll hear some more in just a minute about our relationship. Some qualities that we need to understand about him. That he has intellect. 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He knows what's up. He has intellect. He has knowledge. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. He has emotions as well, Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve, and that word there, uh, to make sad or sorrowful is what that means, a heavy heart, the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And the Holy Spirit has his own will, and he makes decisions. You see that in Acts 16.6 with Paul and his companions as they traveled through the region. Um, there are Phrygia, and that in Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. He has a will too. You see Paul on his journey going to these different places and all of a sudden it's like, don't go there. That's why we pray when we pray. Remember we talked about that last week, teaches to pray. We even pray to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me. Not it, can you lead me to the, no, Holy Spirit. If you think about it, do you call Jesus, do you call the Jesus? Have you ever thought of it this way? Do you call God the God? No, because he has an uppercase G. He is God, okay? But do you ever call, you see what I'm saying by this? Okay, I don't say, I'm going to see the Kara today. Hopefully the Kara is doing well. I'm going to see Kara because there's an intimate relationship there. When we know him by name, Holy Spirit, things will be different because we are in relationship with him and we can call him by name and we'll see what he wants to do with our lives. The Holy Spirit loves, Romans 15, 30. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in the struggle by praying to God for me. He loves. So, that's who he is. But who is he to me? Who is he to me? You know, our first series that we talked about was stories. And uh, you got to hear uh, different stories of the foundry, of the folks that are a part of the foundry. You got to hear stories from folks in the Bible and uh, their relationship to God and to man and uh, the relationship with Jesus. And, and you got to hear all these kinds of stories. My story goes way back when it comes to the interaction and the relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, growing up, where I grew up and what I grew up in wasn't the easiest from time to time. I, what I call a 50-50% uh, chance of making it in the faith and really just making it in life it felt like sometimes because I had mom that was sold out to God and then I had a father that was sold out to self, honestly. And the thing is, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of times when I felt like I was completely on my own and that I was just doing my own thing by myself. 
Can anybody identify with that? Do you understand family situations and stuff at home and all that kind of stuff? You know what I'm talking about. Well, see, my relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit goes way back. Way back in time when I remember certain times and places that I was and, and situations of, of, you know, one time, and, and it's hard when everything's podcasted, but I'm going to be real with you guys too. I remember one time when I was, was 12 years old, and uh, I remember uh, it was about 3 a.m., and uh, I remember hearing this, this wailing and crying in the hallway, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? What in the world is happening here? And I got up in the middle of the night and went outside and saw my dad in the hallway, right, laying on his back. Now, look, my dad was a big boy. They called him Big John, okay? He was a hoss, all right? Big guy, okay? And uh, he, he was out in this hallway, and I remember, you know, he had just gotten home not long before, and he was laying there crying, and, oh, Jesus, oh, help me. He came home, and he was just drunk as can be. And I remember watching him. And he's just kicking holes in the wall and stuff and all these things. Just, But yet still, peace was in my life. How does that happen? The person of the Holy Spirit. I remember other times when my mom and dad were, uh, the relationship was fizzling between them when I was 14 years old. And I remember just the pain and, and all these things that was happening because they were separating and it wasn't pretty whatsoever. You know, it was not pretty at all. And I remember just what I was feeling in those moments of, of everything being up in the air, but yet still, there was still a calmness that would come over from time to time that would help me, that would counsel me, that would comfort me. It was the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? It was, it was Holy Spirit in my life. This is why he's been such a good friend to me. There's a couple things I want to share about our relationship with you this morning, and then we're going to move into a time of uh, just a closing worship for you to, to really solidify your relationship with him for you to spend time just petitioning and talking about the things that you're going through so that he can become your best friend as well. He's my friend that has never left me. He's a friend that has never left me. I think back to the life of the disciples and how they must have been so distraught and up in arms uh, when they saw their Savior die and put in a tomb, right? Can you imagine when all of your hope is sealed behind stone? Can you imagine like when the last three years of your life and all that you'd done and all that you'd given up had died and went inside of a tomb thinking that was never going to happen again, nothing was going to work, nothing was going to pan out kind of thing. Why in the world did I do this? Why, why, why? And then you see after he comes back to life in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And these are the words that solidified in my heart and the disciples that day. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Those stories and those times when I was a kid and I felt like everything was falling apart, which it was, yet still he was with me. God's Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was there with me, even until the very end of the age. John fourteen fifteen through 20. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. Listen to this. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am my Father, and you are in me, and I am you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. You see that intimacy there. You see that relationship that comes by way of his spirit because you're not left as an orphan. When everything was going awry, I was not alone. I still had a heavenly father and he revealed himself through his spirit. He prays for me. You know, I don't think about, you forget that. You see that in Romans 8, that he intercedes on my behalf, that he's, he's taken my name before the father and say, hey, God, you see what's going on in Justin's life right now. Let's us three get together. <laughs> They're always together. Let's us three get together. <laughs> You're supposed to do the drum thing there. Thanks, Christopher. Um, no, don't do it yet. Okay, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. But he's like, you see what's going on with his life. Let's do something crazy right now. Let's just, let's intervene in a major way. Let's show him that we do love him, that we care for him, that we're not going to leave him as an orphan. And he did. And he continues to. Second thing he is, he's my friend that knows me. He's a friend that knows me. How does he know me? Because he is filled with truth. John 15, 26. Listen to this. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The spirit of truth. Sadly, we're born into a world of sin. Sadly, we're born into a world of corruption. Sadly, we're born into a world of selfishness and wanting to do our own thing and succeed and do well in our own eyes. But the truth says that if you follow after me, you'll have everything, right? The truth says that if you do this, you will have that kind of thing. I need the truth in my life. I need the truth in my life. I think about it when I was about to uh, give a, what I call a one-figured peace sign um, to ministry and to the church altogether. Anybody ever found yourself there? Don't raise that finger, okay? But... I was at college, Valley Forge, uh, now Valley Forge University, okay? But uh, Christian college at that point, or Valley Forge Bridal College, whichever you fall in and all that kind of stuff and find your, it worked for Kara, hey? But I was there beyond frustrated, beyond hurt, beyond overwhelmed, okay? Beyond done, because I knew some Christians and I didn't like them. Anybody understand what I'm talking about here? Okay, welcome to the church 101, all right? Be the change you want to see. Don't complain about it, make it better. But here's the truth. For me, I was going to take what they said about me more than what God had to say about my life. That, that right there was the crux of the matter. Was I going to believe a lie or was I going to believe the truth? If I did not believe the truth in which the Holy Spirit did reveal to me, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have Kara because that was, you know, the major thing in my life, a relationship with her that changed everything. Thank you, Joni. Good job, Havner. But for me, I was going to believe the lie and forfeit all of this. There would be no foundry. Think about that. Isn't that crazy? There'd be no relationships. You wouldn't be sitting here in this room today if I would have believed the lie. And that's what life sells us. That's what the enemy, because he's real. Okay, here's the deal. He's real, all right? And he wants to isolate you, lie to you, and tell you things that aren't true whatsoever. But the spirit of truth, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, will come and bring light to things that are false. 
He'll show you the way to go and the way to get there and everything in between. The spirit of truth. I love that story of David and Nathan and uh, Jordan. I talk about it a lot because this is where those guys are with Chi Alpha uh, in this semester talking about David. And I think about that story with David and Nathan. And uh, if, if you've read the story whatsoever in First uh, Samuel 12, you'll see about how the relationship was played out between these guys, where, where David was King David, and uh, King David should have been away at war. Excuse me, it was Second Samuel 12. Should have been away at war doing his thing. But what was he doing? He was sitting at home uh, looking over on another rooftop and checking out a sweet little honey over there kind of thing, okay? So what happens? What happens? All kinds of stuff. Read about it. You'll just be like, that's in the Bible? It's pretty good. Just don't read it around kids all the time, if you know what I'm saying, okay? But you'll see in this story that David just believes the lie. Believes the lie, just takes it and eats it up and says, this is it. He should have been away fighting. He stayed at home. He got into a relationship, right? People died because of his decision. All kinds of crazy stuff. But here comes this guy named Nathan that tells him the truth. See, this is, an, um, uh, um, I'd say, a modern-day example still because the word's alive and well of what a true friend does to you and for you. They tell you the truth. He said, you're that guy. You're that guy. You're the one that made all this happen. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit says, hey, uh, not a good idea. Ooh, don't know about that. Because that's what true friends do. They tell you when you're in the wrong because they love you enough. Right? He's my friend that encourages me. You see John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. A comforter is another word for it as well. A comforter. Do you ever just need encouragement? Anybody? Anybody? Good. Okay, can you guys call me on the regular then? Because you're fine, all right? Because I do. I do need encouragement. And there's some times that there's nobody around. You ever had those times? There's nobody around to help lift you up, to prop you up, to help you along the way. We need him. We need the person of the Holy Spirit to come and give us comfort, to help give us, you know, a sense that, hey, I'm with you. Let's talk through this. A counselor. It's free. Can I get some amens on that, okay? You're thinking, I'd love to have some counseling, but I can tell you who can use some counseling. All right, that's typically what we do. Have you met my friend? It's you. Don't even try it. Sometimes we just need encouragement, though, don't we? We just need someone, and this is a supernatural encouragement that comes from within, a supernatural wellspring of joy that despite situations and circumstances, something wells up within and encourages you through a situation. It's him. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. He lifts you up and he props you up in a place so that you can then take off from them. He's a friend that encourages me. Again, those times when I watched and, uh, of my parents' relationship and even my relationships in life just, just being obliterated by stuff, I still felt inside that there was a sense of something can and will change. Something will get better. And guess what? It has. Exponentially better because I stuck it out with him. He's still my friend. And this is what I talked about just a couple moments ago. He's my friend that tells me right from wrong. But the spirit of truth comes and he will guide you into all truth. Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
He's a guide. He's, he's someone that'll put me in the right direction. He'll tell me right from wrong, and he'll also tell me when to stop. I need that sometimes. And it's not just where my feet take me, but my mind. Think about it, especially when it comes to relationships. Do you ever, if you don't get a text back right away, what do you do? Uh, you freak out. If you don't see the little bubble, okay, if you have an iPhone, if you don't see the little bubble with three little dots inside, shaking in there, you're just like, they hate me. They hate me. What did I do wrong? What did I say? Did I not text back soon enough? You know, um, what did I do for them to just want to be done with the relationship? And that's just how guys get, right? I mean, oh, um, so the thing is, you guys don't, okay, that's just me then. All right, no, but the thing, think about it. Even the way our minds, the paths they take, the things we entertain, we need him to come in there and say, look, Justin, come on now. You are being stupid right now. You are being, come on now. Look, I got to tell you the truth. Leading stuff is not easy. Being a lead pastor, leading groups of people to this or, or don't, it's not easy because you know what? Sometimes I get a little upset and I get a little frazzled when I get down on myself or I get, you know, overwhelmed. And you know what I literally have to do? I have to sit down and have a consult with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, what's up? He's like, you know what? You're being a baby. Grab a Snickers and get out there and play ball, okay? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Dry your tears, okay? Stop being a baby. Get over it. We don't like to hear that stuff, do we? We don't like to hear that stuff. We don't like to feel that because we want what we want and that's it. Right? That reminds you like Willy Wonka or something, right? Okay, just me. Yesterday was chocolate day in town. I mean, come on. Did anybody get any chocolate? I know, I didn't either. Okay, so I need him to help direct my thoughts. I need him to help direct my physical paths. I need him to say, hey, look, when you walk through town, look to your right. That person needs a conversation right now. He can even do that because he does. And he has. Trust me. He'll say, hey, go over there and give that person 20 bucks. And, and you're like, hey, well, hold on, hold on. That's like, that's like lunch for a week for me. I'm a college student, right? You know what I'm saying, right? That's a lot of money. But I've noticed as I've been obedient to him, he tells me more things. He leads me down even greater paths. He does even greater things because I, he's a friend that I can trust. He's a friend that will never leave me nor forsake me. He's a friend that will always be there for me. He's a friend that will tell me the truth. He'll he'll do it. It's his nature. Because remember, triune God, he's a part of the team, and they're always together on it. He will tell you the truth. He's that kind of friend. What I want to do here in just a couple minutes is I just want to challenge you um, to really embrace the relationship that you need to embrace with him. Our worship team's going to come up, and we're just going to spend a couple minutes here. If, if you like, I'd love for you to come up. Nobody's going to mess with you or anything like that if you want, or find a place even in the room if you don't come up here. Just, just to step out and step into a relationship with him that's greater than it was before. A relationship with him that is more significant than it's ever been. A relationship with him that exhibits the trust that you have for him, and with him, and through him. It's essential 
It's essential for you to be in relationship with him. He's not the forgotten one, right? He's not the woo the Holy Ghost that you don't think about. He's a part of the triune God. He didn't die back in biblical times. He's still alive. He's the Spirit of God. That's who he is, and he's here to be with you. You'll hear more about what that relationship looks like um, and, and what that can entail throughout life. But what we want to have is, is really a moment for you to have a conversation with him. And if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, if you have anything whatsoever, we want to be here to answer them. And if we can't, we'll find answers to help you because that's what family does. That's how we stick together. That's what we do. But I just want to challenge you guys. If, if you want, even where you're sitting, just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a second. And this is you just closing everything else out, okay? Even the friends that are around you that you're thankful for. But close yourself out for a moment with him. And just say, hey, you know what? Holy Spirit, I know you. I, I remember that time when I was a kid when uh, maybe it was the same for you, mom and dad kind of thing, or that time when man, I was contemplating suicide. I was contemplating just giving up. And all of a sudden, I felt something. I felt something say, no, there's more. Or maybe maybe that time when that relationship with your spouse or whatever or, or significant other or whatever just completely just bombed. And you felt something different than what you normally felt in most situations. You felt like something said inside, no, there's more. There's more opportunity. There's going to be someone, something else for you that's going to be better. Or maybe it's simple where you felt like there was a time when he told you to go to this place and do that thing. And you did. And you felt this victory from, you know, feeling his direction, his divine direction in your life. But then you got scared. And you stopped asking. We want to challenge you this morning to reconnect with all of God, the triune God, every part of who he is. And ask him to to take up residence, to be your best friend, to be your friend. Because I guarantee he will and he does make all the difference. I can testify to that. I can tell you that that is truth. Without him in my life, I would not and will not ever be who or what I'm supposed to be. It's because of him. So if you felt like uh, maybe that's something that struck a nerve in your spirit, and you feel like you need to respond, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask everybody, if you can, if you're able to stand response. That's just to get in the mode of worship. Just keep keep your spirit calm for just a moment. If you felt like he nudged you in a direction of something, something that you need to do, maybe you need to trust him, maybe you need to believe that he is who he says he is, maybe you need to, to do something different, whatever it is, if you felt like he said something to you, maybe he's saying, hey, you need to have a relationship with God through Jesus. Maybe, right? Maybe that's the ground level was what he's saying to you because he does that too. Maybe he's saying that you need to, hey man, just rededicate your life. 
go all in. Just give every, complete surrender, everything to me. Maybe that's what he's saying. But a response is due. If Kara asks me a question or tells me something and I don't respond, she says, did you even hear me? Well, yes, baby. Depends on what's on and what's going on. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, you know what I'm saying here, okay? But if he has said something to you or has placed something in your heart, it demands a response. Otherwise, you're ignoring him. And you're ignoring what he's saying. Maybe he's asking you to, to sell this and do that. Or maybe he's asking you to, you see what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe he's asking you to, to, to maybe conclude a certain relationship that's not very healthy for you. Or believe that something could happen. You see what I'm saying? You don't know what he's, I don't know. But you're feeling that he's asking you to do something. What I want you to do is to take that step of faith. Take that step of faith and say, I, I want more. I believe that you have promises for my life and that you have greater things. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to, to go to a place to, to, to signify that I surrender and that I believe. Some of you may not feel comfortable moving from your seat. I get it. But make sure there's some sort of movement that corresponds with your response. That can look like a conversation with somebody that you're telling them what God's doing in your life and what he's what he's saying to you it needs to happen so that we can journey together it's essential so what i want you to do and maybe maybe even your friend that you're here with you need to to slip to a, a, an area here and talk to them to to pray with them and to have them help you through some stuff maybe that's it whatever it looks like for you today i need i need you to respond so that it shows that you're serious about this relationship so God, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, my best friend, the friend that I've had that I could never go without ever again. And I thank you that you're challenging your folks today to a new place with him and with you, God. So if it means a new relationship with you, God, through Jesus, through his, his death and resurrection, we identify with that and we move forward. If it means a rededication, you know, just giving everything back up again, we do that. Or if it's going deeper in our walk with the person of the Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit, we do that. But God, during this song, we will respond. We will do something different. Even if it's in our heart and we set to tell somebody about it, we do that. Or if we come to this space up front, or, or congregate to the side or whatever, God. We, we do something to get out of what's normal, what's regular, what's predictable, so that we can do more for you. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name.